Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. I am your host, Technisha, and welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha. And it's been a blissful week so far, and I hope everyone out there is doing the same, having a blissful week. And if not, you know what to do. You know to call on your G-O-D. That's right. But at the moment, while we wait on, I guess I'm going to hit you with some tunes and take you on back. So you stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. Yeah. 
Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up, just like that. Giving up on what? On getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me. We are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo ground. One call from christening yachts, having a butler, using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. Right, which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. All right, we're back. And thank you for being so patient, everyone. I am here with a wonderful guest who is a pioneer. This man is a legend. Like, he is the legend of the skincare. Oh, if you want your face to feel smooth, this is the guy. This is the go-to guy to really talk to. And he has a wonderful book out as well called The Maybelline Prince, which we will be discussing as well as the skincare products. His name is Donye Montague King. And I'm I have a great pleasure. It's an honor to have him on my show. He has lived a life that has all the elements of a feature film. A celebrity hairdresser in Newport Beach in 1960. Donye shot with Jane Russell. He has style wigs for Diana Ross. And there's so many other more celebrities that we will also mention throughout this interview as well. So you stay tuned and do call in at 347-426-3751. We will be bringing him on in just a moment. And I also will have the chat box open. So stay tuned. Do not touch that down. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that. Of we're... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. All right. We're ready to get this thing turned up and started. Um, Danye, I'm glad that you're on. <laughs> I'm glad that you're on with us. It's an honor to have uh, activists and legends such as yourself on this show. And you have been through the ups and downs. You have come so far in your life. Oh, I'm so glad you offered to do this with me. And now I'm what Mom's Maybelline used to call an old man. <laughs> but I look 45. <laughs> right. so. But I, I am seventy. <laughs> You know, one thing I want to correct. You know, this press release people drive me crazy. I was never a hairdresser, darling. I was a wig oh. maker back in the 60s. I made wigs for all those folks. 
<laughs> but, th- so but thank I you gotta, for clearing. I, correct. I thank you for clearing that yeah. up. Thank you. Yeah. Shame on them. They better, get, they better get it right now. You can't see, and that's the thing, Donya. <laughs> you cannot mess up a legend's um, reputation. Now you got to get this man's reputation right. You can't go and just call him a hairdresser if that's not what he was. <laughs> no. I- and there's nothing wrong with being a hairdresser. It's just this is not what I right. did. Uh, that was just my early days back in those hippie days, you know, in the sunshine at Newport Beach. But I did meet all those people and work with them, and that kind of – that didn't start yeah. my career. But it was, I guess it was part of it when you're dealing with celebrities and people with particular right. problems. Um, and I was very much into my ethnic research in those days even before I became, you know, later on over the uh, next 40 years. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where it started. Well, let's talk about your skincare. How did the creation of DMK Skincare come about? Well, after that first part of the Maybelline Prince, the book, where where I was in Hot Springs, Arkansas, with the Maybelline Harris, Evelyn S. Williams, that was like the opening chapter. That's that's where all the rock and roll and sex and all that other stuff that the press release talks about happened. And uh, But it was her, that singular woman herself, after her horrible death, that I went to Chicago and I was with a woman called Mary Anderson who owned Queen of the Sea, a restaurant chain. She was a very successful black right. woman who in, a time, who in a time made millions when black people were not doing much of anything. And uh, right. she became a very good friend of mine because of my relationship with Maybelline Harris. Uh, and she actually started me out in Chicago with further research in uh, skin resistance. And that's when the whole dynasty started that led to where DMK is today in 20 countries around the world. I just recently got back from a big tour of South Africa, and we have started a movement wow. there of skin revision, well, of skin revision, a movement. And I, see, I mean a political movement, because one of the things that irritates me about the folks in South Africa is they're still on this thing that brighter is better. And uh, and they all buy products that white, which they really don't. And we come forth with the message that brighter, clear, and even tone is better. And of course, the razor bump syndrome in men, and nobody knows more about it than we do. So we have we turned every kind of head around in South Africa. We've got a, a team now going back in there in three months to do the education with the doctors, the dermatologists, oh, wow. and the therapists in the black community in South Africa. So see. And Don, yeah, that's that's a good thing for you. I'm I'm glad that you're able to do that. And it's going. This is worldwide. Like this is in Southern Ireland and everywhere. This is good. So, what is really your philosophy on skincare, and how does the DMK skincare range reflect this? Well, it's based on four categories. It's based on remove, remove the damage that time and environmental uh, things cause rebuild, rebuild the skin cells from, from inside out, and then protect and then maintain. It's remove, rebuild, protect, maintain. And between those four categories is a whole lot of other types of treatments as according to a person's individual need. Um, everybody is different, even though there are uh, there's ethnicities that are common across the board that you have to address chemically in the right way. Still, everyone is different. So each person that is on a DMK treatment has their own home prescriptors as according to their particular condition, skin types outside of ethnic groups. Uh, uh, that's an old-fashioned concept. It's just skin conditions, and we address that okay. in multiple ways. 
Okay, I'm glad. See, I'm learning something new too. Cause see, I don't do a lot of skincare products. I never have, but it's interesting to see that people they flock over this, and some really do be needing it. I'm I was so glad when they created that proactive because you see so many people with all these acne problems. You'd be like, whoa, stop. Well, something about your face first, and proactive is okay, although they're fighting. The struggle to stay alive right. now because benzoyl peroxide, benzoyl peroxide is now okay. frowned upon, and it's also illegal overseas to use benzoyl peroxide, which uh, well, okay. had, to, had me back. Yeah, I had to go back to the lab real quick, like because we couldn't use that particular ingredient. But I came up with things that's far better. Um, and in the right, last, because that's what years, I read. I've, yeah, because I think that's what I read but, in your book too, because it was um, part of the dentistry industry. Mhm. Oh, you did read my okay. book. Okay. I did. I did. <laughs> I, I had a, I had another lady ask me that. She said she said I'm surprised that you actually did the research. I have to because this one thing when you're interviewing somebody, you don't want to go in there just asking them a bunch of just questions that you could have just done yourself if you just take the time out to read. It doesn't hurt to do that, people. You just have to. Just the same well, way when you have to they, do your research paper. Well, then you would have been fascinated by my Chicago years because that's really where the guts of everything started was in Chicago. Um, and it's so funny that it was that city because the Maybelline king himself, Tom Lyle Williams, her uh, brother-in-law that started the Maybelline dynasty, started it in Chicago too back in the 1930s. So here comes me, uh, kind of like a shadow image of this of this incredibly talented man doing the same thing except with skincare and, and not particularly just makeup, but it was very ironic and it tied in with the early part of the book, as you as you can remember. Right now, you know what I love because your skincare has been featured all over, and, and especially in several magazines. We're talking about Cosmopolitan, HM, Good Health, Clio, Dermascope, Garcia that I never heard of, but it's been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would hate, I would hate to be my age. I would hate to be my age and put all this work into it all these decades and it didn't show up in the press someplace. Right. <laughs> right. Back, they, they, they even slapped my mug. They even slapped my mug on the front of a couple of those magazines than saying legend and pioneer, and that made me feel really old. When you see legend, uh, I I know Cher uh, sort of, and she's she has the same kind of mentality. She said she hates to see legend in that because it makes her feel so old. <laughs> it does. It do got that old feeling. I think I like yeah. I like pioneer. I think I like pioneer in a way because pioneer to me means a person who is paving the way for newcomers, and that's how I feel about you, Diane. You're paving the way for someone out here who is trying to come up like you have. Well, and and that's they're why I got so you. Yeah, that's why that's why through the White House I became uh, an American activist. I'm an ambassador for the Harvey Milk Foundation, a global. Yes, and I love that. And that's the, I, I and actually, that's the whole. Yes, reason. I love that. That's the whole, that's the whole reason for the book. It's to tell any young person out there, male or female or anything in between, no matter who you are, what you are, you have the right. right you can do this. to be to be yourself, any place, any time, anywhere. Exactly. As long as you. As exactly. Long as, you, as long as you. Style and grace and passion, and you can succeed. You right. can become wealthy. You can go beyond your furthest dream, and that's the whole purpose of that book. 
Right. Because, and you I know, think some, that's why I did. That's what I did like well, about Harvey. Did, uh, um, that's what I did like about Harvey because I did. I also watched a movie that they did in honor of him with Sean Penn. Um, yeah. But the thing I like, the thing I admired about him, no matter what his sexuality was, he still went on. Hey, I'm gonna do this politics, you know. And I'm sad that he had to be gunned down just for speaking his mind. And you know, I did like that in your book too. When someone asked you, "Why do you choose to be with the guy?" you said. You said I'm not either heterosexual, I'm not bisexual, I'm just sexual. It is what it is. I'm sexual. It's no name to it. I didn't ask. You read that. <laughs> it's, it's right. You it's just, it's it's just blunt. It, it was, well, it was straightforward. Was that was in front of the FBI. I was lecturing to the FBI themselves and, and redneck state troopers, all these laws of law oh, yeah. the state of Arkansas. And some lady in the back, she, I, could, I think it was a lady. I mean, you could only tell she was a woman because yeah, she had she boobs. But she was, you know, they're all, on uni- they're all in uniform. And she asked me that question. She goes, well, aren't you a homosexual? I said, honey, I am not homosexual. I'm not asexual. I'm not heterosexual. I'm not bisexual. She goes, then what are you? I said, I'm just sexual. And the whole room exactly. cracked up. Everybody applauded. <laughs> so so right. <laughs> That is, that's a standing yeah. ovation, like, no, darling. I just one straight ounce. I loved it, and I even smiled when I read. So why is it important to use your product for skincare? Well, Well, because I've always followed the basic fundamentals of the body as a laboratory. In other words, the body, the skin accepts only that which it recognizes. It will not accept anything it doesn't recognize, either contraindications will happen or nothing will happen, which can ultimately be bad on itself. So having come from that point of view, I never sat down and said, oh, what kind of product can we make that will make money? I sat down and said, what is needed here to change this chemistry to bring the skin back to the way it was supposed to be by nature in the first place? You know, we're not we're not meant to grow old as fast as we do. We're not meant to have uneven skin tone and ashy skins. We're not we're not meant to have acne and razor bumps and and hyperpigmentation. We are meant to look good for a very long time, and that's what that's how I base everything in the uh, skin. We call it skin revision, not skin care, because it means to revise back to the way it originally was meant to be by nature. And I think that's what Mary um, Anderson was mentioning too in in your book she said it's not meant to change anything and you know I do like the description that when she um it was description about the African skin and how it doesn't change um let me see if I remembered it correctly uh, I had I had it um about the African skin has a more rapid cell turnover than most Caucasian skin which means that new um Cells are on the rise to the surface for most of their lives. Is Danya? Is that why most people say, "Well, basically, black, black doesn't crack. crack because of this." Black right? Doesn't crack. Yeah, that's exactly the thing. If you put an older Caucasian lady next to an older black lady, same age, let's say sixty-five. Well, let's say eighty-five because I'm seventy, so I don't think that's old. But anyway, you put them side by side. Who looks the oldest? The Caucasian woman does. There are several right. things about black skin that do make it superior to any other race on the planet. And one of those pluses is the fact that, yes, 
new cells do proliferate very quickly to the surface uh, every day. Now, if you get an injury, then that rapid cell uh, ascension will become your enemy because that's how keloid scars are formed. That's why keloids are so common in the black community. But pluses become minuses if you don't use the right chemistry for your skin. And uh, okay. if, you use the, if you use the skin that your system, with all of its superior pluses, will recognize, then everything starts to go back to the way it was when we were young. We were all gorgeous when we were young. We all had beautiful skin. You very seldom see a child right. that did not have gorgeous skin, you know, unless there's some kind of a, a, an anomaly or, you know, a birth defect or something like that. But on a regular basis, everybody's gorgeous when we're young. Right. And that's what you said you found out. This is when I realized I was not really changing anything. I was merely helping skin to be the way it was meant to be. Exactly what you say well, now. Look, look, yeah, look at the way. When you go home tonight, you look at the skin on your breasts or on your buttocks. Now, just around the areola of your breast, you will notice that that tissue is smooth, even in tone, brighter, and younger looking than what's up on your face that you're looking in the mirror. Okay, now the reason for that is because those areas are covered by clothes all every day, and you're not subjecting that tissue to free radicals and solar damage and all the other things. So that's your real age. That's how your skin should be, and it is there already. So common sense tells us if we treat the exposed areas accordingly by remove, rebuild, protect, and maintain, they too will go back to that exact same look and texture and, and brightness and even tone and everything. I mean, it's just common sense. I don't know why nobody else does that except DMK people. It's a mystery to me. I think most of these companies have, and I've met a lot of the top chemists in the R&D sections of most companies, they're thinking inside of a box. They're thinking of what the marketing people tell them to do. They do not think of what really needs to be done. And that is really the truth. It's sad, but it is true. And that's where they fail. Trust and believe me, they're failing. Even though it may appear that their product is bam, bam, boom, no. They're failing because you're un- you're unrelatable. As I was saying to another guy, and he was in the life insurance business, he was a financial advisor, and I said, you're successful because you're relatable. And that's why you're successful, Diane, because you're relatable to the people you actually know. And I feel that you have been through this course in life to understand about the skincare. See, it takes one to really know one. When you're all about just the big bucks and you just see it for just some dollar signs, you don't get into the people. I don't want a product that not, that's not related to me. That's how I feel DMK is. It's related to somebody. It makes me understand that you are on the same page with me. I'm African-American. It's for me. I'm Caucasian. It's for me. I'm a teenager. It's for me. It doesn't matter. Old, young, new baby. It's It's all... It's for me. That's how I feel that this product is. That's why it's successful. You know, you you have just cut to the very heart. I mean, we our marketing team has just been trying to come up with different angles for the American market to to make explode even bigger here in the next two years, and they're coming up with all kinds of bylines. But what you just said, I'm going to take to when I get back from Pittsburgh. I'm leaving this weekend <laughs> to do a big lecture tour. But I'm going to tell them that you said this and to put that right down into the presentation because it's, it's exactly right. right. And you down. said it so well. Yeah, well, I love thank that. You. I, so well. <laughs> you are so welcome. I mean, Danya, well, now coming back to Mary Anderson, how come you and her parted company? 
how come what I I didn't understand that. I'm sorry. Oh, I was Repeat I that. was wondering why you and her why did you and Mary part company? Because I know I read that oh. she went on. Well, I it's, that's one of the embarrassing parts of the book, and it's something that I've thought about over the years. Uh, God rest her soul, she's probably gone by now. She was a remarkable woman. I mean, she's a, she's a woman that came out of Arkansas back in a time when black folks were not getting anything special. And she had a, a little government job that took her to Chicago, and there's a whole book, which I may write, how she rose from nothing to becoming a multimillionaire and commanding her own empire. But when we got to Chicago, I was living in Hyde Park in one of her condominiums, and uh, I was working away, and several people high up in the uh, beauty industry in Chicago grabbed me, especially this one big old fat Polish lady. I'll never forget her. She was She appeared to be very wonderful and very supportive, and she grabbed me and just snatched me right out of that neighborhood and and I was young. You have to remember, I was very young then. I had just come from a major tragedy in my life that most people would not even live through. That, that's the very portion of the book they're going to make a, an HBO movie of the week about. At least there's talk about that. Uh, oh, good. So I went along. I went along with the program, and Mary didn't like this woman. Her dogs got very tight, and just that one thing led to another. Also, Mary was in declining age, and she had her own problems. She had come out of retirement to handle some issues with her own empire that were crumbling around the edges. So we just sort of separated. We kept in touch, and but just things kept us apart. And I ended up with my own clinic in a very posh area right off of uh, Michigan Boulevard, right there on Pearson Street. And uh, I, I was just on my own. And that's one of the things she would always throw at me is that old song, God Bless the Child Who Has His Own. So I, I resisted all oh, these yeah. other people, and I was on my own. One day she called me out of nowhere and sounded so quiet and shy, and she just said, I just want you, I want you to know, Danae, how proud I am of you. I've been following you, and I want you to know how proud I am of you, and you do not need my help anymore. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so that's, well, okay. that's how that part Yeah, it's just, it's just circumstances. Okay, what, she... what, Right. You know, everybody, everybody she, she in life knew. has, she knew I was on my way, and I don't think she right. wanted to do anything more. I think she was tired. Some people just do get tired. I know that myself, my own self. I have to fight to keep DMK and Dan A. Montague King himself up on that stage, traveling around the world. I just right, that's way. Yeah, and then Kiev, and you See, know how you it. get tired when you're older. You do. And, you uh, do get tired. That's a lot of work. You have to deal with all the accounting, go to counter meetings, all the business meetings, finances, and everything. While you're making someone else beautiful, and they just send back easily well, being well, created all be over honest, again while you're well, doing the well, sweat. To be honest with you, that part of the business I never pay attention to. I got all kinds of people that do that. I don't even know how much I have. I know I live like I know I live like Michael Jackson, but I don't know how much I have. I'm just taking care of. No, the, the tired, the tiredness, the tiredness comes from being up in front of those thousands of people, and it's like being an evangelist. You're in front of hundreds and thousands of people all the time in every country teaching and preaching and uh, ambassadorizing. And then there are workshops and other seminars, and uh, it, it's it's draining. I love it still, but I only have yeah. so much gas in the tank, you know. 
and uh, <laughs> right, and right. Like I, you gotta take I a break. I, I go, I go back to Cher again. Now, when I when I went backstage on her last concert here, um, she looked great and she did great. But she's sixty eight, sixty nine years old, and she said, "I said, honey, I relate to you. I'm not on your same level as far as a star or a celebrity." but we are both doing the same thing and we have to look good all the time and it gets tiring. And she, she agrees. Right. It, it is very tiring. It It is. It's tiresome, but Hey, that hard work actually, it pays off. That's, that's how it is. But you have had a great reaction from people with pigmentation using the DMK skincare. So is it suitable for other skin types as well? Oh yes, yeah. It's the ethnicity is just a question of changing chemistry in daily use products, and also okay. having particular professional. If you were to go into a DMK clinic, um, I don't know if there's any yeah. in Atlanta, uh, but if you did, you would be uh, professionally diagnosed on everything from head to toe. Your medical records would be taken into consideration because. Prescription drugs do alter the pH and the skin structure of the, or the cell structures of the skin. So all that be taken into consideration. You'd be giving the appropriate treatment. And then the important thing would be the home prescriptions, what you do every day. And that would be changeable as according to your condition, which includes, which includes race and everything else. So, yeah, we do address it on that basis. There are differences from race to race, but there's still underlying common things too, you know. And it's just slight tweaks and alterations that, that give a different treatment to each person and how they carry on with their regimen at home. Okay. Hello. Now, with this product, you have so many dedicated followers from TV personalities and models. What is it that makes DMK, I mean, that has everyone hooked? Well, first of all, when you're working as a professional or as a celebrity, like we mentioned, you're under all kinds of lighting conditions. You're all you're under the subject of makeup artists that have to make you look good. And if the canvas is prepared enough before the paint goes on, everybody's happy. I know mm-hmm. I created I created the world's first non-oil, all medical silicone-based camouflage makeup that covers everything with one light little coat and yet looks like your own skin broad daylight. Well, this got on Dancing with the Stars because those people get out there sweating, carrying on dancing, and they have to be touched up every five minutes, okay? With my foundation, the makeup artists come in the morning, they do the faces of the stars and the guests, and then they sit around reading a book. They don't have to do any touch-up. Uh, actor Will Smith loved our foundation because he is a very intense actor. He hates someone up in his face every five minutes during a, a shoot, you know, touching him up. And the fact yeah, that we matched, oh, matched his tone perfectly, and he could put something on that did not look like makeup under the HD camera eye. You know, the new, the new high-definition camera. Wow. They pick up every tiny thing. And regular oil makeup, I don't care how expensive it is, shows as makeup on these male stars, and they don't like it. George Clooney, Will Smith, Brad Pitt, all of them were starting to refuse to wear makeup on the set and uh, because it looked like makeup. Well, with ours, with the DMK foundation the skin, it doesn't look like anything, and yet it covers everything. So I think that's a reason, plus the skin uh, preparation itself, that they become so hooked and dedicated. 
because it works. It's what it, what's what makeup should be. It's what skincare should be, not what it's advertised or hoped to be. Right. Um, I was thinking about Brad Pitt because he was mentioned in the book. Um, let me see if I got it correctly, Diane. Um, were the public, what were they mainly upset about? Because I think, but you ended up changing their mind. You kind of told them that we could go with this to really sell something. I think I'm getting it kind of twisted up, though. Well, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Pitt, I never met Mr. Pitt. And he had allegedly gone into one of our clinics back when he was dating Gwyneth Paltrow. This is before his, this is way back, before he made the movie right. Seven Years to Bet. And I guess the directors of the film wanted him to have his, some skin resurfacing done because as handsome as he was, he still had an uneven skin due to you know, previous teenage acne. And uh, he was playing the part of a Nazi mountain climbing hero that was very young and fresh and perfect. So uh, his... His girlfriend, Gwyneth, had been going to one of our clinics over in Van Nuys, and uh, also her mother's okay. Danner. And so she told him to go over there and have our pro-alpha six-layer peel. Apparently, he did that. And, of course, the clinic owner had mentioned it to me, but it's no big deal because she did celebrities all the time in her, uh, her little spa over there. And uh, so I was in England. We had just opened up a new clinic on Harley Street, number one Harley Street, our flagship clinic. And they had all these interviewers and press people there. And this one young girl from, I think it was the Evening Standard newspaper in London, sat there and asked me about Brad, about Brad Pitt. And I told her what I just told you right now. And I even spelled the uh, owner of the clinic's name. I said, I do not know this man, but he did have the lesson so. But don't make a big deal out of it. She said, oh, I won't say a word. I won't say a word. Well, I got on the plane the next day to come back to Los Angeles, and I opened up the Evening Standard, and there in a huge middle section of the paper, big picture of me, not a bad one for once, and a picture of him. And the announcement was Brad Pitt's skin doctor. And it went on to say that he couldn't live without my skin. I made him look like he does today. I was responsible for it. Oh, it went on and on. Talked about my my, uh, beach house in Belmont Shore. Talked about my estate. All this. B.S. I was, I just froze. I was shattered. I thought that little B.I.T.C.H. You know, I told her. <laughs> that they just love. You have to be careful with the honey. They just love. You do. They carry do. on. Oh, so this is the Evening Standard, not the National Enquirer. I mean, come on. But the anyway, so, take so I did it. with it. Oh, I know. And so I got back, and sure enough, I heard from his publicist first, and she was she was quite nice, though. And I turned her over to the owner of the clinic. I just said, I do not know Mr. Pitt, so, and that was it. Then his agent or manager, some nasty man, called, and he was really rude. Finally, I just got tired of it, and I said, hey, look, dude, I happen to know that you are flogging two of Mr. Pitt's movies right now, trying to get publicity. I can get publicity, too, as you know already, so let's go. Let's get, get it to the National Enquirer. Let's get it to the Globe. Let's get it to all those rags about the big movie star hitting on the foreskin scientists over nothing that's not even true. And he just clicked the phone down. I never heard from any of them again. <laughs> but, uh, but that just that still haunts me to this day. And I'm sure I will run across Mr. Pitt one of these days. And we might even have a laugh about it because from friends of mine uh, and also from the therapist worked on it, he is a very decent and nice guy. He, they can't help what their people do. 
And we can't help the press. We have to be. I just, now when I'm asked to talk about celebrity clients that come to my Beverly Hills clinic, it's called the Spa on Rodeo. Uh, they come into the Spa on Rodeo. I tell the therapist, do not talk about these people. Do not mention that you are doing anything to them, to anyone. And even if they say you can, the star may be very thrilled with you and become a friend. But it's their people you have to worry about. Their people are the ones that are standing in line with their, their hands out for money or for a contract or for some kind of remuneration yeah. for using their client's name. That's how it works, you know. So uh, when we deal right. with stars that we use, if you see any ad in the future under DMK, you will know that behind that, that feature is a whole lot of paperwork signed and a whole lot of deals being made to even use that person. You know, that's okay. how it really works. Unless a makeup artist says something, like some of our makeup artists will mention to us, like, for instance, Will Smith, we heard this right from his makeup artist. They were, she was right on the set while he was acting, was out in the desert here somewhere. And we can say the mm-hmm. makeup artist called us up and said, Mr. Smith loved this product. And, you know, he just absolutely thinks it's fabulous. In fact, we could hear him in the background in the trailer saying, well, yeah, this is great stuff, but will it come off or something like that? (laughs) But that we can do. But just just to put a photo up and say I'm their skin doctor and and I'm responsible for them looking good is not true. And so I just don't play that anymore. I just refuse. I know that's right. Nobody has time for them games. Besides, I'm the star of this show. I don't need no movie star to to flog my agenda. Right. Right. Exactly. That's when you know you have gotten to a certain standard in life. Like, I don't need you to help me come up. But we're going to take a short commercial break. Donya, you going to stay with us? (laughs) I will stay with you. I will. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back after this. You stay tuned, everyone. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the (laughs) ShelterPetProject.org. All right, we're back with Donye, the man who got it all, honey. He's... He's the known man. That's why I'm going to call him. We, we're not going to say legend. He's the known man. If you want your skin beautiful, then this is the man to talk to. <laughs> so, Donye, um, we will, I want to get into you know, your you, book you know, because... I want to say something real quick. Listen, talking to you, honey, you remind me so much of myself when I did that radio personality show back in the 70s in Hot Springs, Arkansas, the Silver <laughs> Ghost. You are, you are so out there and down to earth and... And that's pretty much what I did. And there was a lot of criticism back in those days because you really, the only person that was doing anything like that was Wolfman Jack. Everybody else had to be oh, right. and you know, and all that. But you are fabulous. I just love uh, being interviewed by you. Thank you. <clears throat> and and that's, what my, that's what my friends and my coworkers always tell me. They say you're so humble. 
And I'm the type of person, I don't deal with confrontation. I won't argue with you. I'll let you speak your mind, but I won't say nothing. I might I might tell somebody else, like, really? That person just said this to me, but I won't really tell you because yesterday an uh, incident happened on my job. I was asking one of the other managers for some change in a different department, and it went from one thing to the other. And I'm listening like, wow. At, at the same time, I'm saying to myself, Diane, you are just so unprofessional. <laughs> and I would, I would not argue. And he, and he told me that. He said, I'm not going to go there with you because I know you're not that type of person. I'm like, well, if you know that, then you shouldn't even say anything because everyone knows me on the job. I'm not going to argue with you. That's part period blank. I'm not there to argue. I'm there to get my pay. I'm there to get money and go home. <laughs> That's about it. So. You got that right. It's so true. <laughs> well, anyway, hey, thank no, you so much. No point of, but you, you know what? I love the way how you actually met Evelyn. It was so cute and funny at the same time that, you know, she said, I'm 71 years old, and then all of a sudden I read this part. Her pants fall down. All you see is her, her undies. <laughs> well, and yet she was standing there in front of the counter at my uh, <clears throat> my clinic in uh, Newport Beach. And she walked in, and as I said in the book, I, the first thing I looked at her, I could think of every old movie star I ever saw. She just had that shine <laughs> and great million-dollar smile, a perfectly coiffed silver wig on, and, and uh, beautiful diamond earrings. And she had that, that glow that only people that are in front of cameras have, but she had it by nature. And she, she very, after she said to me, oh, my God, you're so handsome, I can't stand it. And then she coiled me back <laughs> those long calls by that. She looked up and she says, how old do you think I am? And I said, well, somewhere be- between 40 and death. And she started laughing, and then her pants dropped. Right. Her pants dropped off, and then she stood there, the little <laughs> little white legs, her little high heel shoes, and she said, "Oh my maid, you did not." Uh, she, I told her to fix this belt. She didn't fix this belt. And she, excuse me. She just reached down, picked him up, and she says, "Now let's talk about me." <laughs> and she didn't even bat an eye or pause a breath. Most women <laughs> have been embarrassed and run out the door or whatever, right. but she just acted like this happened every day. <laughs> It was so funny. I'm, it was. I'm glad that you, and I'm glad that you put Betty Davis in there because when I first w- was reading, the, I thought about Betty Davis like that's the first person you could think of because I thought it was a small woman. Yeah, you hit a wrong note when you put Betty Davis in there. I love the fact that she said, even though she knew she was older, she had no illusions or even regrets about that. And that's why I try to tell people today when I get customers to come in and say, "Oh, I'm old." There is. There's no such thing as old. It's all about how you treat yourself. That's how I consider well, life to be. Yes, it, it's it's a perception of yourself. And, and of course, right. people love to say it's a number. And it is a number in many ways because the ancient Chinese formulas or, or philosophies that I learned on my many trips to, to China was that you're born and you die and whatever happens in between is up to you. And that means right. taking care of equipment. And, uh, and and creating illusions. You know, Dolly Parton once said in that movie, Steel Magnolia, ain't nothing natural about beauty, honey. And it's true. <laughs> Evelyn was not afraid to maintain the illusion. Now, you did read the part of the book uh, in Hot Springs, what she must have looked like at night when everything came off. And yes, and she, right. she accepted all that. You know, she, she, did, did. she knows she's not a 20-year-old girl anymore. And this is a woman who had 
had men lined up, Al Capone, everybody you can think of was after her. She was not the most beautiful woman in the world or anything like that, but she had an enormous sex appeal and enormous joie de vie, love of life, and absolutely well, and if convinced. If well, I'm correct, Don, yeah, yeah, if I'm correct, I think I might be getting the part mixed up. Was Evelyn the one that you put the makeup on and she wanted it off? Because I read in there somewhere, I think I might be getting mixed up, too. Someone, you put a bunch of makeup on their face and they wanted it no, off. That want it off. <laughs> no, that was Cindy Crawford. <laughs> I was 18 oh, okay. years old, Cindy Crawford. Yeah, no, Evelyn loved what I did to her. I, I took her illusions <laughs> even further. And, in fact, I used her as an early guinea pig on my en- enzymatic skin tightening and so on. And she really went crazy over that. Uh, and that she was coming in every week in the beginning. But she's the one that laid the foundation for that research later on in Hot Springs, Arkansas, in that big estate we lived on. I had a whole lab set up. In fact, I found an old picture of it. I wanted to put it in the book. But uh, the, uh, the publisher said, no, it looks like a meth lab. It's so tacky. And I said, well, that's oh. what I had to work with in those days. Right. I mean, that's, I that's not lab, tacky for people. <laughs> well, it was kind of it was kind of like a crazy scientist lab, and I mean, after all, I was very young, and I was putting things together on my own. Um, I didn't have any. Well, she had millions, of course, so we didn't hire any chemists to come in or anything like that. It was my own research, so I, I built things and did things as I needed. So, and it did look kind of homey uh, when I saw the photo, but you know, you can only put so many photos in a book. In, so, but anyway, uh, yeah. She, she loved everything I did. I kept her illusion even brighter going, um, you know, well, and she became well, very dependent on it. Well, one thing about it, you really don't even have to ask the question, like, how was your life with Evelyn? Because when you read it, I think of you like Ebony and Ivory. Live together in perfect harmony. You stuck together, especially when you did the rank. And the guys wanted to come up and bully you, talk about she was crazy. You're a faggot. Well, you know what? She had this way about her that she, any man that was with her, and I'm, I'm a gay man, and, but it didn't matter. Any man was a man, and she made a man go beyond himself. She made me feel like I could conquer anything. She had me doing things I would never have done if I stayed in Newport Beach, California. Never. I would never have gone up against a Dixie Mafia thug with a gun under his, his suit. I never would have. I wouldn't have taken those boys that wrote faggot all over our Cadillac and started challenging me our, our first day at the at the rink, and and took the the ringleader and put him up against the wall and barked his head off. He later became one of my best friends and best workers. Those boys respected me. What they thought was going to be a big fag from California, they ended up following me around like the Pied Piper. And I influenced each and every one of them live. Now, I have learned over the years, I am going back to Hot Springs, Arkansas, to do a book signing as soon as I can get some time here. Now, all those boys, or the ones that aren't dead, are still there. They're in their late 50s. That's so weird to think about. And uh, some of them have gone on to better things. They got married, had kids. Some went to jail. No matter what I did, it did not change their life enough. But they all remembered me, and they all learned who they were, you know. So, yeah, she made me do things that I would have never, ever been able to do. She gave me the courage, and that courage stays with me through the rest of my life. That's the big right, thing that she had. 
Why? I called her a pusher, just like Mary Anderson. Not pusher as in drugs, but a pusher to help you the person she was. And I felt that a lot of people in this book resented her because she was a strong woman. I don't care how old she was. She was strong and you was not going to push over her. And I love the fact that when, when um, who was it, um, Delau and Hobby, they thought they was going to win over because they don't hire this big-time lawyer. Oh, no. She oh. still won. Oh, she did. And, and uh, her presence in my testimony was what, because they really could have run right over her if she'd have been there alone. That's right. why she called to come out from California to save that horrible divorce, because they were huge con artists. And I didn't even realize it until they went to Arkansas with her. When they were all in Newport Beach, I thought July was this whiskey. I didn't know she was an alcoholic. I thought she was this whiskey, faded society woman who was also very prissy and correct and did the right thing. And I thought he was just a good old boy, posing as her papa. And it turned out he was her ex-husband, and they were a confidence team. And her little mama's boy son, Stuart, I felt sorry for him because he didn't even know he was adopted. He thought that was his mother that just ruled his life. And he was so miserable, covered with acne, and never could meet any girlfriends or anything like that. And it was during the court trial when we uncovered the fact that he wasn't even her natural son, that was announced in the court, and he was sitting there. You should have seen that child collapse. His face just fell because he had just worshipped and, and listened to everything this bitch had ever said to him. It wasn't even his own mama, you know. So a lot of things came out. That that courtroom trial alone is, like, worth a, a you know, a show on television because it was something else. You'd have right. to get there to see it. You know, especially I mean, when talking about her Talk about right, and that's what I was going to get into. Talk about, talk about her sexual life, especially in the courtroom when he was asking um for her hobby to elaborate on how Evelyn was not the wife she claimed to be. Hobby blurted that she would never make love the regular way and only offer oral sex. It's like, really? Like, throughout this book, you'll find little parts and pieces that people thought was funny, but at the same time, it was like, wow, really, did we go there? But you late. The reason why I like this book because you laid out on table. Like, when you talked yeah, about the Louis Vuitton bag, like, when you talked about that Louis Vuitton bag, you said it was fake. <laughs> I'm letting you know it was a fake Louis Vuitton bag. And the part that, you know, that really would probably, I would have had a heart attack just finding marijuana in my bag. I probably would have done the same thing, Lord Jesus. they going to arrest me. they going to get me right now. <laughs> especially, I, I love it. Then you start trying to drink it with the water. And everything, I was like, Lord, I know he had to be scared out of his mind. I, well, well, listen to that when I was the Sultan of Brunei, because this happened in Brunei. The Sultan had sent his plane with all these his special people on it. And all over the plane it said, big sign, any narcotics found on anybody is punishable by death. Big letter, death, 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 all over the place. So when I get in there, I had borrowed that fake Louis Vuitton to put some extra products in because my uh, clinic director in Brunei, she wanted some extra products for my arrival because I was my special audience with his majesty and so on. So I had all this extra crap in the bag. And when I got to the hotel, it was so ironic because Stevie Wonder was in town with his band. And, uh, right. you know, the Sultan, the Sultan would hire Stevie and Michael Jackson and people like that just for a birthday party and think nothing of $10 million to pay him. You know, it was nothing to him. A man that's making $20 million a month income is not going to bat an eye at 10 right. to have a, a superstar. 
So there was all Stevie's boys in the lobby walking around saying, get out of this damn place. Ain't nothing to drink. Ain't nothing to smoke. Everything illegal. <laughs> and so I, I felt sorry for her. I went upstairs. And, you know, I'll have to tell you something I did not write in the book. When I first I found uh-huh. that joint in that side pocket, it was a very old, dried-out right. joint someone had put in. And I, it was, that wasn't even my bag. I borrowed it. I, the first thing I thought of was, maybe I should take the knock on, on, on uh, uh, Mr. Wonder's door and offer it to his band. <laughs> I'd say, here, guys. You know? But I didn't. I got scared. I thought, oh, my God, they're watching. There's cameras in this room. And I did try to, to dissolve in water and drink it down and get rid of it. I, I thought, sure, that they had monitors everywhere. That was a very scary time for me. But it was funny now that I look back on it. But they meant what they said. Punishable by death. The sign was everywhere. Unbelievable. See, that's how he controls right. his country, is he lives the Muslim religion to the max. Now, we all know that when they get out those okay. out of that border, countries, they party. But in his country, he has to live it to the max or he loses control of the people. You know. Oh, okay. Wow. This, I mean, yep. this, uh, people, if you just get the book, The Maybelline Prince, it's, it really is. It's interesting. I love the way that you're you are ambassador for the Harvey Milk Foundation that you still dedicate to that, and your products are just making a comeback. But before I go, I want to ask this too um, about the skin type. That Danye, how do you find out what your skin type is, though? Well, as I said before, uh, dear, there is no actual typing anymore. That's the old Fitzpatrick okay. scale that we never use. What we do okay. is we go by skin, con- skin condition, skin condition. Now, if someone okay. were to go on, if someone were to go online and look up King, it would take them to every clinic in the world and any anywhere, uh, and an essential number here in the United States. And a uh, professional will talk to the person on the phone. If there is no clinic nearby them, they will talk to them how they can get home prescriptions as according to their condition. And they're very skilled, these, uh, these girls. They know exactly talking to the person what to basically do for them. And, of course, nowadays we can do, send things like phone. A picture instantly can be sent. You know, we, we can send our image. I can send you an image of me right now to your cell phone. So we have that we have that feature also. So yeah, we we can help anybody. Oh, wonderful! I love it. Technology is just advancing. It's helping so many people to connect and come through. That's what a lot of these beauty market um are doing now. They're going through technology, getting to you connected through social media. So that is a good thing. Now, as far as it go with man, what should man know when they purchase skincare products? Well, a man, first of all, everybody's into women. The women's revolution of the 70s, the bra burners and all of that, have actually created a phenomenon where the man has to look good as a woman. You know, it used to be men <coughs> could be fat and look horrible, wave around a lot of money in a flashy car <laughs> and pick up. And the woman, but the woman had to look good all the time. <coughs> well, women rebelled at that. Right. Said, hey, if I have to look good 24-7, you, you sucker, you have to look good too. Exactly. Yeah. So men right. have learned to do, and the, the market for men is big, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I just got a call from our people in Sweden. I'm going to be in Sweden at the end of November. And they said, can we please focus on the male client because we are getting more and more and more calls and requests. So, yes, 
uh, a man must keep his cuticle, the cuticle off his skin. That's the dead skin cell, so his face is even and bright. The razor bump syndrome in uh, black men is very easily addressed. It keeps the, the cells free so that curly, sharp, oval hair doesn't dig back into the surface of the skin and create a granuloma, which then becomes a bump. And it causes all kinds of agony. The guy's afraid to shave because it'll it'll uh, bleed, and then it'll turn to hyperpigmentation, and it's a mess. All of that's gone with the right type of uh, treatment that we offer. So everything is again going back to what I originally said: condition, people's individual conditions. And uh, and yes, we can promise the man to look good for. Well, that look at me now. There's the pictures on the internet of me and on Instagram and Facebook and everything are not photoshopped. I refuse to do that. I want people to see me exactly as I am. Well, and that's it. No, that's right. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I I, I wish a lot of people would take that. Well, they say, why do you spend so much time, Danae, on maintaining yourself? Because it it is annoying. I have to do so much more than I did, you know, 25, 30 years ago. But I'm obligated to. You're going to... for someone to even ask for someone to even ask that question why you spend so much time that means obviously they don't care about themselves because that should be the main number one thing in anyone's life self-preservation take care of yourself first and you don't even have you don't have to just go out and put on makeup but just look presentable it shows it shows a lot about your character if you want to look well, like you want to be out there Chasing, hunting ducks, then fine, go ahead. But I like, I like to take care of myself. Take care of yourself. Makes you feel good. Well, it that's, keeps you healthy. Yeah, that, that's why our new logo is confidence from the outside in. Now think about that. Confidence. I know that's from, right. We build, we, yeah, we build confidence from the outside in. You know. And that'll be yeah, and that's that'll good. be in that is a good thing. And that'll be in, that'll be in one of my books that I'm working on now about 50 year old women. 50 and Push to the Curve is the title. And it's about women who are suddenly divorced or their husband ran off with a younger bimbo or dropped dead. And there she is. Kids are grown up. What's she going to do with the rest of her life? Okay? And the first thing to do is get the package together and then get out there and wait and see. No, that's right. You'd be surprised. Yeah. So. Right. I love that. I love that idea because I've seen a 50-year-old woman and she looked marvelous. I thought she was like in her forties or thirty nine. The woman looked bad. Okay, so you don't have to lose your your um self image because your man left you. So I'll be waiting on that book so I can interview you about that. I think that is a perfect topic. Right on. And then we have so many. You know what I like? I love the fact that you said confidence because we have so many teens out here who needs guidance. But Danye, give us your information on where we can find you and purchase your beauty products, too. All right. The online information is king all run together, dot com. Uh, mm. the, LA phone, the L.A. office 800 number is 800-DANE, D-A-N-N-E, the number four, and the letter U. Dene for you, and for those that just want to call directly, it's five six two nine four four zero two three zero. That's a direct line to the office. But if you don't want to pay that phone call, it's eight hundred Dene for you, and then the website, and that can get you to anybody. Maybelline Prince is available on Amazon, 
uh, either electronic or our uh, paperback or hard copy, depending on how much you want to donate. All all proceeds from the sale of the book go to the Harvey Milk Foundation. <coughs> Excuse me. And, that, and you can see the, uh, well, yeah. the, the the website of that is themaybellineprince.com. Themaybellineprince.com. Okay. <coughs> or or Amazon. Just look on Amazon. Or Barnes and Noble, I think, too. All of them. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, because I did check it out. I definitely know it's on Amazon. Number one factor you'll find when you definitely Google. But, Don, yeah, I thank you so much for being on the show and sharing us all your truth, your twists in life. Keeping us laughing, that's what it's all about. Laughter keeps you going. Well, thank you for one of the very best interviews. I've been interviewed thousands and thousands of times all over the world, and yours is one of the top ones that I will hold in my memory. <laughs> I've enjoyed thank myself you. very much. You are so welcome. You you and your crew who's behind you, you all have a blessed one. Okay, darling. Thank you so much, and you have a wonderful week. Thank you. My listeners and audience, the truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen is there is an explicable bond that connects all of us. Assistance from others is difficult to get along in life. We all must support each other as in truth we are all connected. Try visualizing that you are bound to others by energetic, energetic string that gets stronger day by day. Some of you may think this strain breaks as you move and grow through life, when actually the strain simply bends, twists, or lengthens. Try seeing the ways you are actively interconnected with people. Today, give yourself a deeper sense of commitment through visualizing the oneness, love you share with others. Enjoy the day, everyone, and you stay blessed. I will see you tomorrow. Love you all. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.